Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Happy New Year to you all. It's certainly been a very happy Christmas for Plymouth Argyle with three wins and a draw yielding 10 points over the festive period. Joining me to look back on a decent December are our Argyle experts Chris Errington, Baron Cross and David Monday. Hiya chaps. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, happy New Year to, to everyone. All. Yes. Nice to be back together and working hard. Yes, <laughs> it's good to have the podcast up and running and, is, and yeah. certainly plenty to talk about. Yeah, indeed. Um, again, we've had plenty of questions sent in, so I'm going to crack straight into one from Dave Searle, who basically said, can you recall a better Christmas period for Argyle? Chris, can you? Yes, two years ago. Two years ago, Derek Adams' first season at Argyle, they played four games over Christmas, Hartlepool away, Yeovil at home, um, Newport County away and Carlisle away at Blackburn Rovers and they won all four of those games. So 12 points for four games, but let's, you know, all joking aside, in the current situation, 10 points from four games, including away games at Milton Keynes, Dons and, and Blackpool. That's a fan, fantastic return for Argyle. Yeah, especially doing all that travelling as well. You yeah. know, I know it's kind of taking its toll on you guys as well. I've been racked up the miles, but yeah. uh, all it's worth been, it for the, for the points, I guess. It's been busy. And I think yesterday was, was I, I was really impressed against Walsall with the fact that, you know, they, they got back from Blackpool at midnight-ish, Saturday night, Sunday morning. And the same team, with one exception, Sarsovic for Songo, gone out and played against Walsall. Um, and I thought they finished the game really strongly, you know. Although it was only one nil, you know, and I didn't want to tempt fate and say anything. I, I couldn't really see Walsall getting an equaliser, and I, I thought they were strong. And you know, for for that group of players, I think nine of the nine of the starting eleven have started all four games in, mm-hmm. in ten days. And that David did a, an analysis piece, and he can touch on that. You know that that really is testament to the players' fitness and. Mm-hmm. and why Derek Adams works them so hard in pre-season. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the case, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's what we were talking about yesterday. Mm. It, was, it was interesting looking, I mean, as you say, towards the end of the game, it didn't really look like Walsall could offer very much. And I think that probably just came down to the fact that they just didn't have much left in the tank. But you couldn't say that about Argyle because every time they went forward, they looked like they could score. They were sharper in both boxes, clearly more on it. And it, it's more impressive, as you say, because that team hasn't changed very much. And, you know, you look at, um, I mean, you put a question, Chris, to, to, to Derek after the game, Big Sam had just made seven changes to that Everton side, having played 48 hours later, and Derek Adams made just one. And it didn't look like a team that was tired. And as you say, I think I think that goes all the way back to pre-season when you, like Derek Adams has this reputation for being a manager who really pushes his players in that period. And you know the players always sort of joke about how he's a tough manager when it comes to physical fitness. And, and to be fair, even some fans have sometimes come out and said, perhaps maybe criticised him, saying maybe he's working too hard, maybe that's why there's these injuries. But I think when they do so well over this a short period of time, and don't tire, and still have enough left in the tank to you know get the results that they have. I think that's got to be testament to the way that the managers work those players. I think. Yeah, and unless I've read this wrong and the stats I saw were, were incorrect, there were no substitutions made. Yesterday that's correct. As well. Yeah, I mean, I it was is amazing. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Amazed. 
he was he, he we asked him about that after the game yeah. and you know he, he didn't really want to disrupt the flow of the game it was working well they were playing well um and he didn't have any concerns about their fitness you know yeah. he, he thought that they could carry on going and you know, lots of teams make changes uh, over this time of year, and, and understandably so. You know, you refresh the team and try and keep things sharp. But you know, Argyle are on a good run of form. The confidence of the players is up. You know, he he was very much of the opinion that he didn't really want to tinker too much with something that was was working pretty well. And mm. but for a ninety fourth minute equaliser <laughs> at, yeah. at Blackpool, would have been sat here saying, well, you know, twelve points from four games, and they'd have been even higher in the table than now. At the moment, yeah, it's certainly an interesting debate, isn't it? The whole, um, you know, how many games are played over Christmas? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen Sonny Bradley's tweet, but he basically yeah. came out and said, if you've got a, a fit squad, then Absolutely. the number of games is no issue at all. It's testament to the character of the players that Adams has brought in as well. I think he, he's, he's quite keen. He does his homework on these players, and he gets he gets his head around how their heads are working and sort of the way they approach football. And I think Sonny Bradley sums it up quite well, doesn't he? And he's the sort of guy that rolls his sleeves up. And worked hard for the team, and I think that kind of the fact he went out of his way to tweet, and he hasn't tweeted a lot this season, yeah. shows how important it is to that group of players that they pride themselves on their fitness. And if you're going to be a professional footballer, getting paid decent sums, you should be you should be able to cope with that with that kind of workload. And it's it's, it's a refreshing change from some of the the, the tones we get from uh, from the Premier League players and managers. Well, especially when you think back to the Oldham game as well. I mean, you know, the the, the manager at Oldham was pretty vocal in saying, mm. you know, what an awful game this is for Argyle. Mm. It was almost like he didn't want to come down and play that game. And it was no surprise, I guess, off the back of that, where, you know, from a psychological point of view, that Argyle gave him a, a bit of a hammering. You've got to be careful what message you send out, haven't you, before yeah. games and things like that. And, and maybe Richie Wellens, in, in saying what he did, almost gave his players an excuse, a ready-made excuse, mm. to not be at it two days before Christmas in Plymouth. And, you know, Argyle came away with a 4-1 win. Um, I mean, Derek Adams, you know, made the point... You know, I'm not going to complain about the amount of travelling we have to do. Um, but um, uh, you know, they've done it. They've covered a lot of miles and they've picked up some good, they've picked up some good results. So um, you know, uh, they've got through it okay. But there's plenty more travelling to do this season. There's a few trips to Yorkshire coming in the not too distant future. Yeah. Any any players in particular that have really stood out for you over the festive period? Um, it's difficult to get past Ryan Taylor. He's, he's just made such a difference mm-hmm. to the team. We've we've spoken about him during the during the season and his, his absence when he was out with a broken ankle but uh, he just gives Argyle that, that that focal point and the way they want to play you, you can now see how Derek Adams yeah. wants the team to play and I do think Carey and Ramirez um, you know are proving they can play in the same team it's four games now um, ten points from those four games uh, there's still work to be done and, and teams might try and counteract the pair of them but they're, they're playing a lot closer to Ryan Taylor than Jervis and Grant did so Ryan Taylor's not looking so out isolated when he does hold the ball up. He's got a simple out ball to, to carry or Ramirez. They're interchanging. They're going from left to right, right to left. Teams can't pick them up. Um, you've got Dia Garaga and Fox in midfield who are good on the ball. And you've got players who are comfortable on the ball. They're, 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 they're creating more chances. Uh, what was it, 17 shots on 17 target? 17 shots on goal and eight on target. Seven, yeah. 17 yeah. shots. I mean, that you know, speaks for itself because yeah. there's been yeah. games when, when Argyle haven't had yeah, anywhere two, close to that, is yeah. it? So yeah. but they are functioning better as a unit. Um, well, it's interesting. Should you think back to the last podcast we did when we had Danny in, and mm. we, were, we were talking about those wide areas and mm. saying, you know, the inconsistency has been mm. a real problem for Argyle. Yeah. Now, of course, he brought in... Kerry and, and Ramirez especially, and they've really taken their opportunity. Yeah, that's what you have to do, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that, that Rotherham game, I, I, I thought Jervis and Grant, you know, have had decent games this season, but they were poor, and it was, a, it was the right time to make the change. Yeah. 
we were all surprised that Ruben Lemire was yeah, one that came into the team. Uh, and whatever the reasons are, you've got to give credit to, to Derek Adams for, for giving him the chance and to Ruben Lemire's for, for making the most of the uh, second chance he's got. Yeah. Uh, another question from Gary Palmer. Important not to rest on our laurels after the recent good form. It's easier to strengthen in the transfer window from a period of winning games. We still need a striker in case of any injury to Taylor and a midfielder if Diagaraga leaves. Baron, I know you're, you're looking at a few potential targets for Argyle in, in January. Mm. Um, anyone in mind that you can perhaps think of? Or? I think there's, there's no names that, that particularly jump out immediately. I think um, it's always going to be hard for us to predict exactly who, who Greg Strong yeah. and Derek Allen's got their eyes on. But I certainly think they're going to be looking at those players that are out of favour in the Championship, maybe over in the, the upper echelons of League One. Because there's a lot of big clubs in League One that have got some quite large squads and there'll be some players that are out of favour. Um, but I think I think um, Gary makes a good point. I mean, Jagaraga is a big one. I mean, I think I'd, I'd sooner keep hold of him, keep hold of him than, than bring him else in. I think that's sort of where you want to sort of drive your resources if you can. Uh, a similar situation to Carey in the summer, wasn't it? I think a lot of people would have rather put more money into keeping Carey than allowing him to go and bringing other players. I think you stick with what you know. I think we know that Jagaraga works and, and has, yeah. has been key to this turnaround in form. I do think that some some support for Taylor is is definitely worth. I mean, we. We've been saying it all season, haven't we? I mean, when you look at the alternatives to Taylor, they don't really bring the same level of uh, you know holding the ball up. And basically, he is clearly the type of striker that works in an Adam system. The dear Chifchi on his own clearly isn't. You know, Nathan Blissett has shown he doesn't really have the, the quality for it. You know, Alex Fletcher still kind of learning his trade and, and and isn't a big man anyway. So I think if they can find someone just to back up Taylor, you know, yesterday uh, in the game, Taylor you know went down, needed a bit of treatment on his ankle, and then he was fine. It was a bit of a swelling, but you know when you've got um, when you've had an ankle break, and speaking from personal experience on this one, like sometimes it just, just needs a little bit of a rest, or it, it is at risk of flaring up again. So because he's had that serious injury, I think if they've got some support, a, a player who plays a similar style to him at, at a similar level, it's worth looking. I mean, it's always going to be difficult, isn't it? Because he's been looking for someone like that for months, and you know he's had Simon Church, and he's gone to to, to Scunthorpe and, and all sorts of things. But I, I still think he's got to look for that. Um, I, I think that support for Taylor, I think, would be as important as keeping Diego Raga. I think um, just um, so that we don't end up in another situation like we did over autumn, where we just you couldn't tell where the goals are coming from, you couldn't tell where the wins are coming from, because Argyle just couldn't construct anything that even resembled an attack. So without Taylor, I think they they miss quite a lot. So having some support for him, I think, would be really important. Yeah. So it's, don't forget, Stu, just quickly that they've already made a signing with Remy Matthews. You know, it's sort yeah. of got slightly lost over Christmas and New Year, and he. He's signed as an emergency loan, and that now becomes a, a permanent loan uh, through to the end of the season. Now the transfer window is opened, so that's got a good bit of business, you know. Because injury permitting, such word, you know, Remy Matthews is, is a good goalkeeper. We've seen that already. We know that, so that gives Argyle nice stability at the back there. Uh, Kyle Leatheran is um, taking part in warm-ups of games now. In the last couple of games, he's been warming up, and I think he might only be two or three weeks away from being, you know, ready to be involved again. Uh, now, I'm not saying he's going to get into the team straight away, but he, he gives you a good option with uh, with Remy Matthews uh, as, as first choice. So the goalkeeping situation maybe is beginning to, to look good. I, I agree, we, they need another striker to go with, with Ryan Taylor because what they've got in the squad hasn't worked this season, yeah. so I don't see why it's going to work in the second part of the season. The problem, of course, is, is if you're a striker and you're a decent striker, are you going to want to come to Argyle when you look, well, that Brian Taylor's doing all right, he's making a few headlines, yeah. and the boys on the Herald podcast are talk, singing his praises. <laughs> oh, am I going to come down to Plymouth and be sitting on the subs bench every week? Mm, it's, that, it's that dilemma yeah, between yeah, getting a striker in who's good and can do the sort of things that Ryan Taylor does, 
that can perhaps match. appreciate that he might not necessarily be in the team. I was, I was about to say that um, if you remember two years back in January when he brought Jamil Martin, that was <coughs> the perfect January, wasn't it? And I was going to use that as an example, but mm. then when you said, mm. could you get some of these coming and set the bench? Yeah, Jamil Matt actually is a terrible <laughs> shout. Think about it. <laughs> yeah, true. Adams gets the best out of him. Mm. He did quite well for Grimsby he when, when they yeah. played against Bargall this season. Um, and I think he'd come and sit on the bench. Uh, and they don't have, it doesn't have to be a prolific goal scorer. No, no. no. I think you can see that because, you know, Ryan Taylor's doing well because he's just getting enough goals to keep, he's got three and eight, so that's a, gr- that's a good return, yeah. you know. But but his presence is in the team, he's getting carry in the mirrors and, yeah. and, and others, yeah. you know, uh, scoring a few goals. So There's um, a really interesting point that um, Derek Adams made, actually, and he said it was about that split second, and that is the key thing. So mm. It just allows... Mm. The midfielders that extra bit of time to get forward and be yeah. able to join the play. Yeah. That's where I think the likes of Jervis and Blissett probably mm. were, you know, contributing so much. They they didn't have the ball long enough to allow those midfielders to come up and. No, I mean Gary's a good point. Important not to rest on laurels, but mm. you know, I think if you look at it, is it seven wins, five draws, and two defeats in the last fourteen? Yeah. So that that's over quite an extended period. That that's good form. So, um, you know, if they can, you know, steer clear of injuries and suspensions, then hopefully they're on the way up. Gary has made another good point, though, about Stu, that I know you're going to raise. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've we had Danny Salmon in for the last uh, podcast, and we put it to Danny. Can you remember his goal against Nottingham Forest, didn't we? Yes. And we actually looked at the time, and yes. we didn't see any, any reference to this goal. But then uh, Gary's come back to us and said it was in a League Cup game in the 1990-91 season, and we've looked again, and I believe he did score. He did. Danny, how could you forget yeah. scoring against Nottingham Forest? It's not like he scored many a, goals in his career, is in it? In a cut tie in front of nearly 18,000 people. <laughs> was it, was uh, that a header? He might, I might have knocked it out of It head. was near yeah. the end of the game and Argyle lost 2-1. But, um, but yeah, so Gary was, was, was against, right. Against a very good Forest team as well. Oh, yeah, they had Roy Keane and yeah. Nigel Clough. And, really? And, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, prop, yeah. The prop, well, they were the cup holders at the time. Oh, right. It was the Rumbelow's Cup. You won't remember that. You won't remember that. That's a real highlight of But I So... I will see Danny on Saturday yeah, at, at, at home park and I, I say, how on earth could you forget a, a goal against the cup holders in front of a full home park? Just uh, briefly going back to, to another point Gary made about um, Diagaraga. Mm. Um, where do you guys see his future? Do you see it being at Argyle or, or do you think it's... I wish we knew the answer to that one. It's a million dollar question. I wish we knew the answer What I like about him is he seems to have bought into it here. Mm. Like, he's very active on social media. Not all players are. That's not a given. Not many players mm. do come out like that mm. public about him. Every match he tweets, win or lose. Yeah. And, if we're clinging on to anything, that's at least mm. a sign that he, yeah. he has some, he's enough of an interest to tweet about it. So I, we, we, don't, we don't really know too much well enough to know where his head's at. I mean, I, I would like to think that he takes a lot of stock in the fact that Derek gave him the Olive Branch. You've got to be honest, this, this guy was out of contract with most yeah. clubs for a long time and Adams has offered him a way back into football and arguably he's now put him in the shop window. He's got a lot of almost certainly bigger clubs that are looking at Tumani. So you, in an ideal world, I mean, would we... Would we say it was fair enough if, if Tamani saw out the season with Argyle and then reassessed in the summer? Who knows? Yeah. I guess it just Football depends. Football is ruthless, isn't it? Yeah. Just yeah. It, yeah. it just depends what's on the table for him. And as you say, we don't really know his mind. You know, he's we not really been down here long yes. enough um, for us to really get a fix on it. Um, because, you know, if, if he has got some offers that we just have absolutely no idea of, and he's got family in the north, I think, mm. I'm led to believe. So if there's a, a, a slightly bigger League One club, um, you know, you can offer him more money and, you know, at least assure that him that he'd play as many games as he did at Argyle, then you could argue that he'd be silly not to make that move. So, I mean... Career's guess... short, aren't they? Exactly, yeah. yeah so, I mean, it, it just comes down to that. And, and it wouldn't be um, 
wouldn't be a new situation for Argyle to, to cope to have to put up with with it. I mean, we've seen that with lots of players over the last couple of years. No, I mean, location is so important. Yeah. If you're Argyle, you you, you like Derek Adams, you say well, look, you're playing every week, pretty much guaranteed to play every week. You're settled. You know what you've got uh, around you in terms of teammates. He's he's learning about living down in the southwest. Um, you know, two ten thousand crowds the last couple of home games at, at home park. You know, there there are selling points for Argyle, but you know, money and length of contract can dictate and, and location. I mean, yeah. you know, location is a is a big issue as well. But you know, you'd like to think he'll stay. Yeah. It's a bit like the Graham Carey one in the summer, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, yeah. there's, there's you can make lots of good reasons for him to stay, but whether he will or not, because there's probably other interest out there as well. I think that's probably why there's been no confirmation as to what he's going to do yet mm. as well. He's obviously weighing up his options. Yeah, and and can't blame him for that. No, exactly. Can't blame him for that, but he's been really good. Yeah, I mean, yesterday, him and Fox on the ball, you know, and then you've got Carey and Ramirez, you've got four players there that are just, you know, you know, they'll take the ball in any situation, good feet, keep the ball moving. It's, it's such a good balance for the team. It's, it's a nice... Songo in there, winning the ball back. We've got yeah, Taylor with a bit of physical presence. You've got those four around them. It's, it's the ball playing ability. It's such a good balance it's a, for the it's team. A nice, it's a nice balance at the moment. So. It's no surprise that Argos form has really picked up since oh, yeah. he came into the side. No, well. I mean, if you're looking at Taylor and Taylor and Garaga, you know, might have made a big Matthews. difference coming back. Matthews, Matthews, Matthews the room, you know, the injuries have settled down a bit. Red cards have, 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 have you know, disappeared. Stop. So, yeah. stop. So, you know, there's all sorts of reasons why, why things have improved. And in recent weeks, of course, we've mentioned him earlier in the podcast, Ruben Ramirez, mm. a real surprise when we saw his name on the team sheet against Oldham. But, like, just seeing the goal on, on uh, New Year's Day, you know, what a fantastic run it was that led to the goal for Ryan Taylor. It just seems like he's brought something extra to the to the team as well. Mm. I, mean, like, I mean, we've all been sort of saying he's like a new signing because, I mean, he, he just completely disappeared into the ether for a very long time. And it was, as you say, it was so strange because there'd been this talk that he was, um, you know, been told he could leave and obviously um, Derek let him play that um, game on trial with Oldham as well. Yeah. Um, so clearly, um, you know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Derek's the kind of manager who would, who would let that happen to a player who was in his first team plans. So it, it was a very strange turnaround. I mean, it, initially we thought perhaps, is he maybe just giving him a chance, put him in the shot window, maybe just give him a chance to prove himself and, and then... Um, leave in January but because he's held his place in the team and played so well I mean we're looking at it now and thinking he's going to be he, he should be in the team for, for long term so yeah. I mean as you say it's, it's credit we've, I mean Chris said it already on this podcast it's credit to, to Derek for giving him that chance again um, credit for him for taking it and, and doing quite well um, but yeah it's just it's been it's just come out come out of nowhere and, it, and it's it's refreshing as well I mean that's that's what Argyle had needed over the last couple of months was something to almost come out of the blue and and turn things around, and he's been he's been as much a part of that as some of the other players we've mentioned. Yeah, I remember speaking to you on the podcast before, Barrett, and, and talking mm. about players in the reserve teams. Obviously, you cover a lot of yeah. our guys' reserve games, mm. and you said at the time there wasn't really anyone that was stepping forward and no. like they were going to challenge for the first. No, team. He, he, he seems to cut a frustrated figure a lot of the time. I think he knows that there's a there's a there's a great footballer in there trying to get out, and I think he just he frustrates himself. I think with his with his inconsistency, and there's not much he can get about his physical size. And I think he, he does what he can with his technical ability and. A lot of the time he gets run off the ball, but it, it seems to have clicked. I mean, I, I only saw him in the, in the Boxing Day game since he's come back, and he, he looked he looked solid enough, and that was a few decent nutmegs that made onto social media. And um, he's he's always a willing runner, um, defensively not particularly sound, but you know, there's pros and cons to every player, isn't there? But um, it, it does seem to be working out for now. And I've long um, felt that, that Joel Grant was sort of due for a bit of rotation. Didn't think he was quite good enough to keep his place, and I think. It's a blessing for Adams that, that Lemiris has come in there and given him that, that other option now. 
Um, so yeah, long may it continue. I think I think Chris is right. I think the fact that Carey and Lemire's play so narrow is a big, big plus point with Taylor winning knockdowns for them. And you've got now very capable fullbacks, especially in Frelkel, that can still provide a bit of width in attack. Yeah. So they're not going too narrow. Um, so it does seem to be working for now. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, consistency has always been Ruben's problem. So we'll see if he can carry it on now for, for you know, the next few weeks and months. Yeah. A question from David Barnes. Now that Ryan Taylor is back to full fitness, do you think there is an outside chance that a chip team may benefit by having a genuine target man to play alongside? I just can't see him playing. Well, no. who's, who's the manager of Plymouth Argyle? Derek yeah, Adams. Does exactly. he play with two strikers? No. He plays yeah. 43 one, doesn't he? So. It's, it's hard to see Chief G get involved unless you've maybe got 20 minutes left of a game and he needs to throw you know, an extra man up front. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see any. And I mean, we've, we've all been saying it's working so well with Taylor and, and those players in wide areas. I mean, even if you um, put Jervis in for one of either Carey and Lemire, it'd still, I think, be successful. I mean, maybe even if Joel Grant came back in and had that chance to play some games with Taylor, he would probably do better than he has done over the last Fletcher couple of months. One. Fletcher, again, another Very example. Um, I mean, I don't I mean, you know. If there was another injury crisis and Shifty ended up having to play out wide, I don't know, maybe maybe he might benefit from actually getting the ball. I don't know, I mean, I'm spitballing a little bit with that one, but I have to admit, I can't see him really featuring too heavily. I, I, still, think got, so I well. still think there's got to be a case that Shifty will go back to Celtic yeah, at some yeah, point so. in January. And there's, there's no escape clause, as, as Derek Adams told us, but there's ways and means of doing things in football. And what it's clear that Shifty's not anywhere close to Derek Adams' plans at the moment, mm. You know, not anywhere yeah. close. And... You know, really, what is the point of somebody of his experience and pedigree? Mm. What is the point of him being down here playing Southwest Peninsula League games? It, it's not going to do Celtic any favours because no. they've got a, an asset that at some point they'll want to to move on rapidly. Depreciate and um, yeah. uh, you, you you can't help think you know Shifty. You know we haven't seen it at Argyll and, and it hasn't really worked for me at Celtic either. But I still think Scottish Premiership clubs would would bite their hand, bite Celtic's hands off to have Shifty. So I. I still think by the end of January he, he, he'll, he'll leave Argyll yeah, and, and yeah. perhaps end up uh, uh, on loan at a club in Scotland. And again, Derek Adams came out afterwards and actually said publicly, you know, it's just not worked out for him. Mm. So. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, cause it's it, there was a confusion about the because he extended the loan, didn't he? And there was a confusion. Some fans were thinking, well, is he going to use him in his first team plans? I, I think that's probably just insurance almost to make sure that he's got a body he can play up front. And then, as you say, mm. if, he's not, if, he's, if January goes well, Taylor's fine and fit and we maybe get another striker, then we can offload him. I think that loan extension was probably just insurance for Derek more than anything else I'd, I, I would have thought so mm-hmm. yeah do you see any future for him Derek? in a word no <laughs> it's, just, it's just like the lads have said it just hasn't worked out yeah, no. every match I've seen him in the reserve matches it's just it's just not I don't know why because he's, he's got the pedigree as Chris has said he's had the big transfer fee he's been prolific with Dundee United but it's just it's just he's just a shadow mm-hmm. of what, what, he, mm-hmm. he, what he must have been I mean I never saw him in his pomp but he's a shadow of what he must have been because you know, just lack of control on the ball, you know, straight passes, you know, promising moves. You know, you, you get the odd flash. Remember, he said he hit the bar, didn't he? Um, he came in team. To, yeah. He's, he's. He, I remember in the reserve game against uh, Bournemouth, there was one or two moments of, of absolute brilliance. I mean, yeah. like, he hit an overhead kick inside the box and it came off the crossbar. It, it wouldn't have been one of the best goals I've ever seen. But yeah. so he had the old flash. Yeah. That bit of sort of flair or guile to him, but. No, it's just not working. I mean, he came in close to scoring on his debut, which is which is really weird when you think about it. Because think how different yeah. it could have been. Because there was that cross to the far post, and he rose spectacularly. He doesn't look like a player who's that good in the air. Yeah. But he rose really well above uh, um, the Scunthorpe defenders, and a great header. But unfortunately, it was a fantastic save from from the goalkeeper, kept it out. Um, so I mean, again, I mean, that, again, that for me was a moment of, 
from him of good skill because I wouldn't have thought he'd yeah. been able to reach I was it. amazed when I saw Chris's report that, that there was no escape clause. Absolutely amazed. Mm. But like Chris says, there's got to be ways and means yeah. of, of sorting the situation because it, nobody is benefiting from it. Nobody. No, no. Oh, yeah. aren't shift years and sellers in like His agent's so, Bamboy Bump will make you know, so It'll all depend on whether a club wants to take a risk on him, I suppose. I, and like I say, I just think a club up in Scotland, the Scottish Premiership Club, I'm sure, would take him. I'm sure they would. Uh, question from John. I don't know if this is our producer John or not. No, he's shaking his head saying no. Has Derek Adams got a list of players that he wants to sign? Are any from Scotland? Yes and yes. Yes, I'm going to say that. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to tell us which, which players, but no. I, I know, you know, I've asked him a couple of times, and he and the, his coaching staff and Greg Strong, who Baron mentioned uh, earlier, the Chief Scout, they've got a, a list of players. and. You know, the, the way he's talking as we go into January is, is a couple of changes. Um, uh, so I don't think as things stand. And, and at the moment with the team doing doing well and, and yeah. the players basically back to fitness apart from the goalies, you know, you, you don't need too many. I think it would definitely be quality rather, to, mm. rather than quantity in January. Yeah. The striker being a, an obvious uh, area that you need to look at. And, and, and then obviously there's, there's going to potentially be Two or three maybe departures, you know, people that aren't figuring the squad. We mentioned Shiftji, you know, Jakob Sokolik's not featuring at all now, and Nathan Blissett. I was going to say, Blissett's um, an interesting one because he, he could do getting out and, and There's, there's players that need, that need football that aren't yeah. figuring at the moment. I was going to lose that as well as the yeah. other. said that there's some players that, yeah. that know they're not featuring and will need to. Yeah, it's, it's one thing sitting on the bench and not getting in game, but when you're not in the squad at all, uh, you've got to find that balance, of course, that you can't have too small a squad, but then you get injuries and then you're struggling to fill the bench, sort of thing. Mm. But there's, there's two or three players at Argyle definitely that would, would benefit them again from from moving on if they could. Um, so we'll, he's bound to have players, you know, that he knows of up in Scotland. I mean, even Remy Matthews, you know, as an example, you know, he's from Norwich, but one of the reasons he signed him was because he did so well on loan at Hamilton Academical last season. Awesome, so there's quite often a Scottish link somewhere yeah. along the line but um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's striker and you know you look around the Sokolik rest of the squad goes, Sokolik goes yeah. centre back maybe yeah. yes. Diego Garaga goes maybe he's almost certainly probably got a short list of people who couldn't yeah. replace Diego Garaga if he didn't sign I mean if I'm, the centre back is he wouldn't bring if it's quality and the quantity yeah. he's going to want to bring someone that's yeah. possibly replace Edwards maybe you know, mm. Bradley seems to be most managers like four centre backs, don't they? So you've got Edwards, Bradley, Songo. I don't know, I don't he's know. not bringing in bench warmers. Then no. that, that's a that's a strange position to be. Mm-hmm. Be a tough call. I mean, mm-hmm. But at least the but competition places is good, and maybe Edwards would would, would be well with the competition. Yeah. With Bissy, could you perhaps see a return to Torquay? Or do you well, think Torquay makes sense, wouldn't it? I don't know if Torquay are in the position to. Yeah, they still talk. Though. Though. They'd love, they'd love him back at Torquay. They don't take any more. Yeah, yeah. they're struggling for players again. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. But they've signed Matthews already, which is good. If they could keep the Agaraga, you know, it's what it could be one of those transfer windows where it's actually sort of keeping yeah. the players that you already yeah, had. Bringing anyone in is is I'm sure this is good as bringing in. I don't mind a bit now that they've said, look, yeah. if you are going to go, just yeah. let us know in good time so we've got yeah. time to sort it out. Mm. Yeah, please, <laughs> <laughs> please. It's um. With the when when's his contract expire, Chris? Is it mid January? There's, there's a, a little bit of debate about that. Um, there's some suggestions it might be quite soon, as in the next few days, and then other suggestions that it's later on in the month. So we haven't got a, a definitive date on that yet. So yeah. 
we'll keep asking and keep on top of it and, uh, and see what we find out. It is an interesting window, though. It is an interesting window, though. Yeah, Cormac Q and Tanner. You know, you think a few weeks ago, though, we were talking about the importance of the transfer window, and, you know, we sort of envisage probably six, seven changes, maybe. Now, all of a sudden, we're thinking, you know, maybe only two or three. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like Chris says, I mean, you. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And, yeah. and Adam's just got to be very happy he didn't make any subs because he didn't want to disrupt the flow of the game. So he's not going to want to disrupt the flow of the squad at the moment. So I think you're right. We're looking at, at quality over quantity and we're almost more worried about players going than looking forward to players coming in for that, which mm-hmm. is the, the big worry, I suppose. Yeah. Right then, looking back at 2017, Dave, I'll start with you. Okay. Personal highlights? Personal highlights. Well, I figured that there'd be some more sensible suggestions from the likes of Chris and Barrett. So I, I, <laughs> I figured I'd look for something a bit more memorable from a... Um, tongue-in-cheek angle or rather finger-in-ear angle um, <laughs> my, my personal highlight has got to be um, Sonny Bradley uh, giving Emery Chan a wet willy in the uh. cup game because it was just I mean it was, it was an amusement on yeah. Emery Chan's face it, I mean, the, game was, the, game was, the game was a spectacle anyway and it, was so, it was so enjoyable I mean, for the, the, those of us who went it was a great day out and being at Anfield anyway was a great um, thing to enjoy but obviously we, we had our screen and, and when when this because the whole country's watching. That's what makes it so perfect. It wasn't just like something that's going to be talked about by Clinton Morrison in the last five minutes of the Football League show. Like The whole country was watching it. It was on a Sunday. And people were like, did he just wet willy Emery Chan? And of course, as you say, Emery Chan had no idea what was going on. And it is, it's very rare that a Plymouth Argo player is going to go viral in that way. And for that one day, everybody knew who Sonny Bradley was. He was the yeah. guy who'd, he'd given Emery Chan wet willy. So... I'm, I'm, I feel a bit embarrassed because you've come to me first. I was hoping to be the light relief at the end, but I've, I've started off the, the personal highlights of 2017 yeah, we'll, a little bit, you know. We'll, we'll see if Chris can top that then. <laughs> uh, well, my personal highlight obviously involves a pasty. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. With the, with the, with the, Liverpool, the Liverpool hair, Jürgen Klopp. Yeah. And... Uh, we that did the brilliant. we did the uh, the press conference. He the Argyle <laughs> reopened the old Far Post Club and turned it into a, a very temporary surreal media centre. So club. we had this as it when you were inside the the old Far Post Club. They did a really good job, yeah, really good. and it actually felt like a quite a professional <laughs> press centre. <laughs> like setting. For it, the it was. It was he nice. Was up on his platform. And we uh, were, Sat in the mass ranks, and there were mass ranks of national newspaper people yeah. there that day. And uh, he did, yeah, Jurgen Klopp, as he as he did in both games, he was very affable and polite and answered all the questions and came across very well. And um, uh, towards the end of the interview, uh, Argyle shirt sponsors managed to uh, <laughs> take the take the opportunity to come out with this giant pasty. And if if you saw, um, Stu did a great. Um, uh, piece on the iconic images of 2017 yeah, last yeah. week for, for online, and obviously the pasty was one of them. And uh, Kieran Hemsworth, the uh, the Ginsters MD, presented this pasty to Jurgen Klopp, who'd obviously never seen a pasty <laughs> before in his life. This? <laughs> he what didn't. He did it? not have a clue <laughs> what was going on. And the little media guy quickly whispering his to Klopp's pasty. So the the look on his face. I'd love to know what happened to that pasty. But well, he said he couldn't yeah. eat it because of carbs. Yeah. He's like, oh, I, I can't eat this carbs. <laughs> <laughs> Can I eat this? Can I mention what, Chris, do you remember what you said there when you said to him? Producer yeah. John, what did I say? I forgot. Well, you, you set him up for actually. You said, well, no, no. I'm not usually this big. <laughs> 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 yeah. I'd hate to think he got thrown in the bin. You'd like to think one or two of the players maybe had a somebody's bite, yeah, like Coutinho, yeah, like. But, but that, was, that was funny. 
<laughs> that, that and 6-1 against Newport winning promotion oh, on Easter Monday. Yeah, that was pretty good as well. I mean, Perhaps on more of a serious tone. I can't assume that's what people would pick. Clearly, I'm the only serious man in this house. I'm going to reflect on some football. I think the guys are right. I think Anfield was, as a personal highlight, I mean, that was just a fantastic day out. It's not every day we get to report from a setting like that. It was a great day out for all of us. Newport was a was a fantastic day, wasn't it? I mean, that was just what what the perfect perfect way to go. Um, to but I'm actually going to go for the uh, the win over Exeter City in the league last year. Ooh, really? That was it was. I, I think that remains one of the best performances I've ever seen from Argyle. They were just unbelievable that day. Exeter had come in with an amazing unbeaten run, and we were all quite sort of a bit worried, really. Yeah, Exeter yeah, going and turn them over, and Argyle were just they were just incredible. Matty, Matty Kennedy's first game, I think, from memory. But it was just it was just, I felt it was a bit of a complete performance. I thought the Newport one was also very good performance, but Newport were, were rolling over and yeah. their, their belly stickles. But I think the extra game does stand up as a performance wise. That was really, really impressive that night. And one thing just about twenty seventeen, Graham Carey's goals. I mean look yeah. at the way he finished the uh, happens, Blackpool, <laughs> you know, the, the podcasts, you know, we should just mention that the one against Blackpool was fantastic, you know, unbelievable strike. But I mean he consistently comes up with goals Amazing, of that of, of that quality and you know it's it when he gets the ball there is always that sense of excitement that something could be about to happen. Mm. Yeah. Looking ahead to twenty eighteen then, uh what do you guys expect and want to see? Going into the new year, me first. I'll come. I'll come to Dave last because I'm sure yeah, he's got okay. something quirky oh, on well, the press. Oh, well, no, no pressure. Then. <laughs> I, I, if Argyll could finish mid-table, that's that's job done from yeah, where they were definitely. at the start of the season. Was it five points from the first twelve games or something like that? So um, mid-table would be good. But you know, if they can keep this run of form going, who knows? Yeah. Uh, Don't say it, Chris. No, no. <laughs> I, I think realistically, they've got a period of matches coming up. Uh, Wigan, Blackburn and Shrewsbury all in the not too distant future um, yeah it's, 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 Christmas has been great and they've done really well fantastically well but you know football has a habit of you know highs and lows and things like that so probably best not to get too carried away just yet but if, if they can finish around mid-table after the start they had that would be a fantastic base yeah. to build on next season and gradually try and involve the team and the squad and the club and the ground and, and keep the, the, the form of the forward momentum going but I'm sure there'll be people out there saying we can make the playoffs, and, and it's, it's possible. Yeah. But let's 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 get survival and nice mid-table position and uh, take it from there. Yeah, uh, you made a good point uh, off, off air before we recorded that if they've got those four points from the Rotherham and Blackpool game, <laughs> they're only three points off eleven. They they beat in the top half and mm. you know within within mm. sort of eye distance of yeah. the playoffs. I mean, it's incredible how quickly it turns around. So. I think expect us. I mean, want to see our goal, You know, obviously, sort of push top half, and you never know. We have a room for, for the top six. That's what I want to see. I think Chris is right. I think what we expect to see. I think they've got to steady the ship through January, get through these these difficult fixtures, and you know, if, if they can if they can rest in twelve or twelve or thirteenth, I think we'd be very very happy with me given how dire it did look at one yeah. stage uh, through autumn. So. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna touch a little bit on the World Cup and I think yeah, that's exactly how I see it. I expect them to get out of that group in second place, mm. beat Tunisia and Panama, but no no no, I'm sure we won't do that. It'll be Delhi Ali coming off a half uh, full time against Tunisia. Your own fans booing you, just beating two thousand ten all over again. If he's not really sent off and someone in the flames or no, watch out for that Panama substitute, you might mm. kick the ball out of the stadium. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, in terms of Argo, I think, yeah, I, I, I've got to agree with what the other guys have said. I think it'd be, it'd be, be nice to see them push for the playoffs, not least because uh, I predicted Argo finished sixth in the pre-season predictions and I don't <laughs> want to look like a mug. Um, 
in, in terms of what I expect, yeah, I think mid-table is probably what we, what we can hope for. Other, other things that we might want to see, um, I remember Berrien actually predicted uh, Berry to um, do really, really well this Northampton year. Northampton finished third. And, yeah, Northampton <laughs> finished the top up. They're both now down the bottom, so it would be nice if they went down. So we can, uh, we can tickle him for that. Well, it's interesting, um, obviously, Argyle got Berry on, on Saturday. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, Berrien, you'd better hope for a result there, otherwise it's going to be curtains who you predicted. It's a They've scored twice in 10 games. They've got Jermaine Beckford. Yeah, he's, I think he's injured, though. He's, he's injured now. Is he really? Yeah. Chris Lacati, I mean. It's almost like it's the worst scenario, isn't it? When you, I mean, as a Newcastle fan, it was horrible when Shearer came back as the club legend and we still went down. I mean, it's... When you go for the club legend option, I mean that's hitting the panic button and hoping. And, and if he takes them down, I mean they're struggling for options, aren't they? In the summer with yeah. the manager, eleven points of drift of safety. I mean, yeah, that's, it's not good, is it? No, Worth saying. Awesome. While we take the make up for that, we I think all of us had Shrewsbury to finish bottom. So yeah, maybe yeah, we should. Yeah. Yeah, I so did the bookies as well. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean it wasn't particularly abnormal. I mean they've had an incredible season, wouldn't they? Yeah, so absolutely. You know, couldn't predict that. It doesn't. One last other thing that we might want to see would it be would it be me to suggest that we might want to see Exeter lose another playoff final? Is that something we can say we want to see? I'm asking that as a question rather than because uh, I'm not an Argyle fan. As a Reading fan, I, I don't mind. But well, how are they? Are they how close are they? Well, the they, they, I mean, they're three, still, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're still in there. They're still in the top sort of uh, pit part of the table. I think well, they're even they're, top three. I think I think they're third or fourth. No. They are fourth. They're, they're in the region where yeah. their fate is undecided in the sense that they could go up automatically they could have been the playoffs again I, I thought I'd just throw the cat onto the pigeons and see what people said but maybe I've overstepped the mark a little bit maybe yeah. we should move on <laughs> no comment from those <laughs> one thing we should just emphasise is that the Argyle youth team are playing Burnley yes. on oh, Friday yeah. in the FA Youth Cup uh, and Baron is going up for that so to Kevin Hodges and all the lads we wish them the, the very best in that yeah, game. Absolutely. And that's probably um, one of the highlights of 2017 as it, well, was their it, win against Man City. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, so, wish them well on Friday. Barron's got the, the trip to uh, to Turf Moor to look you, forward you've to. You've had Anfield, now you've got Turf Moor. Oh, no, so. But, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big occasion. They did fantastically well to, to beat Man City. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? If you can if you can beat Manchester City, well's yours. Absolutely. Then. Absolutely. Right, well, that's all we have time for this week. Thanks to Chris, David and Beren for joining me and to you out there for listening. We'll be back again next week with more of the same, so be sure to join us then. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at Herald PAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.